And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men marveled. Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, but here in Michigan, it's a good morning or good afternoon wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host with the most. They are the ones in charge. They are at the wheel and they are steering the ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So, welcome to His Heart Line, episode 533. We'll be doing a reading out of Genesis chapter 46, or winding down to the last few chapters in Genesis before we get into something else. And I'm not quite sure what I've been wanting to get into. I've been, I, I already read through the book of Job slash listen to it, I should say, because I, I do audio Bible in the truck while I drive. And I've listened to quite a few books already. And there's just so many good ones. I'm just not sure exactly where I want to go at with it. Part of me wants to do, you know, a reading out of Deuteronomy. Some part of me wants to kind of do a reading out of something out of the New Testament. I'm just not quite sure yet. But we're going to we're going to figure it out. But today is Saturday. So happy Saturday to you all. It is May 6th and 2023 and uh, i hope everybody's having a good weekend so far and i want to appreciate the live listeners that actually you know got up um this morning to listen in live i want to say good morning to mary and keith their dog trixie 
up there in northern Michigan and Nancy. And then somebody here who has one of those Podbean given screen names that it starts with a lot of letters. And, and, and yeah, so good morning, though. Um, my back has been screaming at me because I've been doing gardening. My wife and I have been gardening practically half the day yesterday. The first half comp- was comprised of going to the greenhouse to buying our our uh, our plants. You know what we you know the starters, the sprouts, right? And we got a lot of stuff. We might still buy a few more things yet, but we got and you know we expanded our garden bed and we actually you know, our daughter wanted a garden bed of her own. So we bought one of those cedar put together things, you know, where you, uh, you can make whatever shapes you want of a raised garden bread bed. So we got that for her. We were able to fit some space and actually there's a lot of, you know, um, there's a lot of, a lot of square footage in that little thing. So I was really shocked. So, um, I went to a buddy's house who just moved and built a new house out on, uh, I think 10 acres, I think, or so maybe 15. I can't remember how many acres he has, but it was an old blueberry farm. And he's got a ton of blueberry plants that are really big and grown. And, and, uh, he's got some smaller ones out there. And so I asked him, I said, Hey, how much for you to let me go out there and, uh, you know, dig up some of these blueberry plants. I only need four. Um, he says, ah, you know, 20 bucks. I said, well, I said, here's the thing. I need a pickup truck and I don't have one of those. And I don't think Katie's going to be very pleased if I put, uh, you know, big blueberry dug up plants in the back of her uh, Lexus. So <laughs> I said, how about I pay you 50 bucks? Cause he only lives like five minutes up the road from me. I said, how about I pay you 50 bucks? I do all the work, but I just need your truck and uh, need you to drive it for me. And I'll do, you know, I'll do all the, all the work. He's an old boss of mine. Well, anyway, he was like, nah, dude, he goes, I'll do all that for 20 bucks. I said, well, I'm just going to give you 50 anyway. So that was really nice of him. But man, when I dug those things up, because after all the rain we had, for little plants that are about two feet tall, those things have some big roots and a lot of dirt that was clung onto them. My back is screaming because of those blueberry plants, but we got them, we got them in the truck and we brought them over. And it was funny. My boss was like, why are you sweating so much? I said, because I'm a puss cake, man. I said, I'm out of shape. I'm like, I need to, I said, I need to get in better shape, man. I said, <laughs> he started laughing because he's in his low forties, you know? But anyway, we had a good laugh over that. But yeah, he's a former boss of mine and a good friend. So he's got some land. So my wife and I are, we already were talking about having them over for, cause he's got a, a son that's in third grade that plays really well with our daughter. And so we were ta- talking about having him over for, you know, barbecues this summer. And cause we really like them. We get along with them. My wife gets along with his wife. They're great. And uh, he's got enough land that we can bring over our ARs and, and our pistols and all of our big boy guns and, and do some shooting. So that'll be pretty fun. So anyway, let's get into the reading. But before we do a little disclaimer, remember, as I always remind you all periodically on this podcast, I am not a doctor. I don't wear that white coat and I don't play one on TV either. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a pastor, a priest, a deacon, much less a biblical scholar. And I'm definitely not a member of the bar. So don't take your legal advice from here. I'm also not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. And additionally, very important here, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man, and the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own unless I reference other materials. So there you go. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. And then my beautiful wife just popped in the house here. So good morning to my lovely wife. So let's get right into the reading. I'll close us out and then we're going to do another little segment called Who's Running America Part 3. This one will for sure 
end at nine, even if it has to end a little earlier, because the section that I stop at, you know, that, um, that I'm going through in that 40 page PDF, even if it's a little short, uh, because I still, my wife and I still have to get out in the garden, finish up and I'll take some pictures of the finished product. I got pictures of what the garden looks like empty and what it looks like, you know, after a winter. <clears throat> and then I'll take a picture of what the finished product is and what we, you know, put on the property and I'll put it on telegram and tr true social for all you guys to check out. And I hope you guys do the same under the comment section. I'd like to see everybody else's garden. I think it'd be really cool. So, okay, <clears throat> excuse me. We're going to get into chapter 46, but before we do, let me take a sip of coffee. So we're going to have a nice little awkward silence for a moment. Excuse me. Ah, oh, that's good. A little hot still, a little hot. Oh, you know, and I did want to actually read an email. I thought this was really cool. Um, I'm not sure how they are about privacy, so I'm going to just keep their name out. Um, and well, there's really nothing big here, but they, so here's the email. It was good evening because yesterday on the show, I was saying if anybody has any song requests that they want to play, you know, something cool, right? <clears throat> I'm open to it. Email me again, his hardline at gmail.com. This email came through. It says, uh, good evening. My name is uh, Brandon. I'm going to keep his last name out, but it says, and I go by the name of cheer for Brandon on Podbean. Now during this morning's podcast, I suggested you play maybe forties jazz and, um, you asked for some suggestions. So he gave me some suggestions about, you know, gave me like Ella Fitzgerald songs, um, some stuff by, uh, Louis Armstrong and different songs here, like, uh, uh, Mac the knife and gone fishing with, uh, Bing Crosby, uh, lazy bones, uh, also with Bing Crosby. So he gave me a good selection of songs here. I do have one. I'm going to play on the next show. <clears throat> Something I found that I really liked. I really like the sound of it. So I'm really looking forward to playing it because, you know, I like variety of music because today's music absolutely sucks. Uh, there's no soul to it, really. There's no content. There's no meaning, right? And so the last paragraph, this is really, really what I wanted to read. <clears throat> Excuse me. He said, it's been less than a week since I first discovered his hard line. To be honest, I don't even remember how I even found it or why I started listening to it. But I'm glad I did. I never heard of any of the stuff that you talk about on the show. And, and now that I know about it, I can't stop listening and, and throw in the fact that you do a Bible reading and you have yourself a, a new, a new follower. Godly men doing godly podcasts are far few and far between. And I thank you and appreciate you ta taking the time to speak every day in Christ, Brandon. Well, Brandon, thank you very much, buddy. I really do appreciate that. That was a very kind email. And uh, I do appreciate um, you being here. I really do. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, and as I appreciate everybody being here, I thought that was really cool. Excuse me one second. I'm going to just do a one quick throat clearing. I just can't do it on the air. Okay, I think we're good now. Okay, so let's get into the reading. So now we're going to talk about the migration into Egypt. Okay. So now Joseph sent back his brothers with all the, uh, you know, the gifts to prove to uh, Jacob back home that, Hey, um, yeah, jo Joseph is alive and he's pretty much running the country. So now we're going to get into the migration to Egypt. So starting with verse one, it goes to about uh, 34 verses here. Not too terrible. So here we go. Israel set out with all that was his. Now, when he arrived at Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of Father Isaac. Now, their God speaking to Israel in a vision by night called Jacob. Jacob, he answered. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. 
I'm forgetting my little effect. So there God, speaking to Israel in a vision by night, called Jacob, Jacob, and he answered, here I am. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you a great nation. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will also bring you back here after Joseph has closed your eyes. So Jacob departed from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel put their father and their wives and children on the wagons that Pharaoh had sent to transport them. They took with them their livestock and their possessions they had acquired in the land of Canaan. So Jacob and all his descendants came to Egypt. His sons and grandsons, his daughters and granddaughters, all his descendants, he took with him to Egypt. These are the names of the Israelites, Jacob and his children, who came to uh, Egypt. Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and sons of Reuben, Hanak, Palu, Hazran, and Carmi. The sons of Simeon, Jemuel, Jaman, Ohad, Jakan, Zohar, and Shaul, son of Canaanite women. The sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. The sons of Judah, Ur, Onan, Shalah, Perez, and Zerah. But Ur and Onan had died in the land of Canaan. Uh, Canaan. <clears throat> and the sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul. The sons of Ishkar were Tola, Pua, Jashob, and Shimron. The sons of Zebulon were Sered, Elan, Jalil. And these were the sons whom Leah bore to Jacob in Paddan Aram, along with his daughter Dina, 33 persons in all, sons and daughters. Now the sons of God were Zephon, Haggai, Shunai, Esban, Eri, Arad and Areli, the sons of Asher, oh my goodness, all these names, the sons of Asher, Imna, Ishvav, Ishvi, and Bereah, with the sister Sarah, and the sons of Bereah, Heber, and Machil. These are the children of Zilpah, whom Le, uh, Laban had given to his daughter Leah. These she bore the, to Jacob, 16 persons in all. <clears throat> The sons of Jacob's wife, Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin, in the land of Egypt, Joseph became the father of Manasseh and Ephraim, who Asenath, Asenath daughter of Potipharah, priest of Heliopolis, Helopolis, bore to him. Now the sons of Benjamin, Bala, Bakar, Ashbel, Jira, Naham, Ahiram, Shaphem, Hepmim and Ard, these are the sons whom Rachel bore to Jacob, 14 persons in all. You know, got a lot of people in this little caravan coming in Egypt, I tell you. <clears throat> now you have the sons of Dan, Hishem, the sons of Naphtali, Jazil, Gu, uh, Guni, Jazer, and Shalem. These are the sons of Bilhah, whom Laban had given to his daughter Rachel. These she bore to Jacob, seven persons in all. Jacob's people who came to Egypt, his direct descendants, not counting the wives of Jacob's sons, numbered 66 persons in all. Together with Joseph's sons who were born to him in Egypt, two persons, all the people comprising the household of Jacob who had come to Egypt amounted to 70 persons in all. Israel had sent Judah ahead to Joseph so that he might meet him in Goshen. On his arrival in the region of Goshen, Joseph prepared his chariot and went up to meet his father Israel in Goshen. As soon as Israel made his appearance, Joseph threw his arms around him and wept a long time on his shoulders. And Israel said to Joseph, At last I can die, now that I have seen for myself that you are still alive. 
Joseph then said to his brothers and his father's household, I will go up to inform Pharaoh, telling him, My brothers and my father's household, whose home is in the land of Canaan, have come to me. The men are shepherds, having been owners of livestock, and they have brought with them their flocks and herds, as well as everything else they own. So when Pharaoh summons you and asks you what your occupation is, you must answer, We, your servants, like our ancestors, have been owners of livestock from our youth until now, in order that you may stay in the region of Goshen, and since all shepherds are abhorrent to the Egyptians. And that is the reading of Genesis chapter 46, verses 1 through 34. So there we go. Let's get into a little bit of a summary here of what we read. A lot of names there. I tell you, it's no different than a genealogy. But that was a little easy. I could, I actually was able to read that. But when you get a whole chapter full of, you know, genealogy of so and so being married to this person and this person gave birth to this person, it's like, okay, okay, let's let's chill out for a minute. So, <clears throat> so, so the last several chapters explained how Joseph, um, Jacob's son, by Rachel, came to bring his family. Wait, 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 wait. Am I even in the right one? I'm not in the right one. Excuse me. I'm like way ahead of the game here. Now we're, there we go. There we go. I was at 47, guys. I skip, skipped a couple times here. And just for the record, a lot of the summary that I read from is BibleRef.com. That's B-I-B-L-E-R-E-F.com. That's BibleRef.com. They have a nice little ministry over here. Um, they do a good job summarizing a lot of their chapters. They don't have everything summarized, but they do a pretty good job, and they're always working on it constantly. So, with Genesis 46, that can be divided into three sections. Now, Jacob's final encounter with the Lord, a count of all of Jacob's descendants at around that this time, and Jacob's reunion with his son Joseph is in the land of Egypt. Now, Jacob and his large family sat with all they own for the land of Egypt, and as wealthy people, they would be driving many sheep and cattle, and as well as bringing all the wives and children and the goods and wagons provided by the Egyptian pharaoh, Now, before leaving the promised land of Canaan, however, Jacob stops at Beersheba to offer sacrifices to God. And so in response, God speaks to Jacob, referred to in this passage using his God-given name of Israel. And God tells Jacob that he should not be afraid to move his family to Egypt. God promises to continue to be with him and to make a great nation of Israel, even within Egypt. And finally, God sweetly tells Jacob that his once long-lost son, Joseph, will be the one to close his eyes in death. Wow. And so this blessing from God finalizes Jacob's move out to Canaan, beginning the family's slow march into Egypt. Now next, Genesis pauses the narrative to report a count of all the descendants of Jacob the time of the, you know, around the time of their move to Egypt. So the sons and grandsons, as well as the two women, are listed according to each of Jacob's four wives. And the count reveals 66 named descendants who entered with Jacob into Israel, excuse me, Egypt. And so this brings the total of official Israelites, including Jacob, Joseph, and Joseph's two sons, to 70. So in the Old Testament, 70 is sometimes associated with the completeness. Now to reach his number of scholars, believe that some descendants, such as the children of Benjamin, were counted early to include the entire second generation after Jacob. Now, Genesis then resumes the active part of the story as Jacob and his family arrive in Egypt in the region of Goshen. Now, this was likely in a fertile area along the Nile River, or at least it would be once a, you know, the terrible famine, you know, once the terrible famine was over, Jacob mounts his chariot and meets them there. 
and he has not seen his father in more than 20 years. And the reunion is every bit as emotional as one might expect. And so Joseph embraces his father in Psalms for a long period of time. And then Jacob reports that after seeing Joseph alive again, he is now ready to die. So finally, Joseph begins prepping his brothers for an audience with Pharaoh. He tells them how to answer Pharaoh's questions about their occupation. And so Joseph urges them to say that they are lifelong shepherds and herdsmen, as were their fathers. In one sense, this is likely meant to reassure other Egyptians that these newcomers were not going to take resources from the local uh, culture. And so they were more... They were more than capable of providing for themselves and once the famine was over. Now, interestingly, Joseph states that Egyptians have some special dislike for shepherds, although it is not revealed why shepherds are so detested. But the result is that the foreigners in Egypt are often given the role of herdsmen. And this might have been Joseph's way of ensuring that his people would be tolerated, but not fully absorbed into the pagan Egyptian society. And so the next chapter will describe Joseph's family's meeting uh, the Egyptian, you know, the Egypt's rulers, Pharaoh. And then, of course, we'll look at their, you know, and their settlement in the land of Goshen. So that is the uh, the, the summary of Genesis chapter 46. Um, it's very interesting because, you know, my wife and I, when we kind of toyed around with the idea of possibly this is before we even had um, our daughter Haven. But we toyed around with the idea of possibly moving down to Belize. And I would imagine Belize is no different than any other country. They're very, oh, they're okay with Americans moving down in their area, in their country, but you better make sure you come moving down there as like a business owner or someone who's going to be able to provide a, a job or at the very least some sort of service that actually helps and benefits the culture of Belize. Because if you just go down there and you start taking a job, you know, you're taking a job from a local and they don't like that. So you better either come down there with a ton of money or retirement, or you better be a business owner providing some sort of service and employment. Because if you take a job from a Belizean, I believe is what they might be called. Oh, yeah, you better believe you're going to probably be looked at very unfavorably in that culture. So it would make sense why, you know, Joseph said what he said to his family as they, you know, right before they actually settled into the land. Tell them that you are shepherds, because otherwise they're going to think that you're going to be, you know, moochers and scavengers off our land without being a real producer makes sense. You know, it absolutely makes sense. So anyways, let me take a little sip of water real quick. Excuse me. I like drinking my lemon water helps me with my, my voice. So, so anyways, we're going to end this in prayer and then we'll start off the next show. Cause like I said, my goal is to be done by nine. I don't want to go much further than that because I do want to enjoy my last day off before I get back to hauling gas tomorrow for a, the next five days here. <clears throat> so, um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for this time together, and we appreciate the story that we're reading here and this family reunion um, that happened so many years ago. A father discovering that his son is not only still alive after thinking that he had been deceased after a terrible tragedy, but also discovering not only is his son alive, but his son is actually ruler of Egypt or the second below that has been the best news that he probably could have ever heard, you know, have ever heard. It's a great story. And one that we should all remember, you know, very, very great story. And, 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 and to add with this story, the great measure of grace that Joseph 
displays towards his brothers, even after being sold into slavery, because Joseph realized that you had his best interest at heart. He realized that even through all the trials and tribulations and the um, purification through the fire, if you will, that he knew you had a plan in mind. And once he got to the end of that plan, he realized that all of those things that he perceived as bad and unfavorable in his life ended up being for good. And it reminds us that you take all bad things that occur in our life, all evil that others do unto us, and you turn it into good. I think that's awesome. And we thank you for that. So we want to just say, we ask for your forgiveness as individual men and women for our sins. We ask that um, you forgive the sins of this nation. We pray for our assembly of people in all 50 states of America here so that we can return back to the true republic we were always supposed to be and have the power back truly back to the people so that we can glorify you because the system that's in place and that's deteriorating we know is a satanic system and they want nothing more than for us to forget about you god well not on our watch so we pray that you continuously shine the light on our path so we never stumble in your son's name jesus christ we pray amen Amen, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to close us out and we will be right back on the other side with Who's Running America Part 3. All right, God bless. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds of the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men marveled. Who can this be that even the winds of the sea obey him?